gardening talk back. Now, Scott, you've got a couple of plants here for us today, and the first one was the, was it the Homer? Homer lamina. Homer lamina. Yes. It's an indoor plant, a great is little it? indoor plant. Yeah. Is it from Greece? I don't think it is, actually. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Crete? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are, you, why are you picking on the Mediterranean, mate? I've got no idea. I just would have said Homer because of the Greek background. Oh, very yes. Of course, I wasn't thinking classically then. Uh, look, I'm pretty sure it actually comes from South America. Uh, it's a rainforest plant, but uh, really, really good for uh, indoors. Uh, now, the one that we're going to talk about today is called uh, Maggi. And the, the reason Maggi is just a little bit better than the other Homer Laminas is that it'll actually tolerate colder temperatures than some of the older varieties. So it's going to do better down here in Newcastle and even further south. Uh, look, it's got really big glossy leaves. It looks like they've sort of been almost pre-shined. Uh, they're heart-shaped and they've got this sort of red-yellow stem to them. So they sort of give some foliage contrast. They don't really have flowers, but uh, they have a really good uh, you know look uh, inside on Patios, pergolas, anywhere like that that's a little bit protected. Uh, so look, just to keep them, uh, you know, going, keep them moist in summer. Uh, obviously, they don't go out in the full sun and frost, and uh, give them a fertilise a couple of times a year, and you're going to have a really nice indoor plant. Sounds great. They are. They really are a nice plant. They're uh, and so they're probably about uh, you know a foot, two foot tall. So uh, yeah, they give you a little bit of height as well in, in your, inside your house. Very good. Is gardening talk back on too? And you are a fan. We've got John from Bolton Point, and he's got a question about. Get rid of bugs in his lawn. Hey, John, what's happening to your lawn, mate? Well, I've got patches in it where yeah. I don't know what are grubs or uh, beetles eating the roots of the grass. Yeah, yes, mate. Look, oh, look, don't be. You're not Robinson Crusoe here today. Uh, there's heaps of people out there with it. Uh, it is army grub. It's army grub season. Uh, so what happens is the moth, uh, you know, flutters along. I won't do the sound effects this week. Uh, it, it lays its eggs, uh, you know, in and around the garden. It can be on fences. Uh, can actually be in the lawn as well. And then uh, once those eggs lay, they turn into little caterpillars, and off they go. Uh, you know, chewing the foliage and the root system of uh, your lawn away. And what happens is when it's really, really hot, like it has been, uh, it, the root system's destroyed. So obviously, you know, the, the lawn dies off and you start to see it really badly. So, mate, you can treat it. Uh, there's a whole lot of different uh, chemicals out there you can treat it with. Uh, they all pretty much do the same job. But the main thing with them, mate, is to uh, go out later on in the evening when those grubs come back up to feed and that's when you actually uh, you uh, do it then. You do it according to the instructions because the instructions vary uh, depending if you're using a granular or a liquid. Um, and yeah, so and you'll get rid of them. Do it again in about two weeks' time uh, to try and break that egg cycle. Now, the other thing, John, is if your lawn's been destroyed like that, there's some really good products out there you can use. Uh, there's an Amgro product, which is a mixture of a wetter soil and a seaweed extract. And the seaweed really feeds up the roots of the lawn. So if you can find that product, it does a fantastic job. Uh, and it'll, you know, actually uh, gets, it wets the soil as well so that um, you get a better, uh, better penetration through the soil of any uh, moisture you're putting on there. Really important uh, to uh, be watering your lawn well to make sure those roots, uh, you know, come back for you. Yeah, well, I was told to uh, use some just washing up detergent. Yeah, mate, look, that, that'll, that'll get them up to the surface. And if you've got like a squadron of magpies or something you can, you know, you can call in, um, then that'll do the job for you. But um, look, generally, it, there's so many that you'd have to have, you know, many, many birds sort of um, swooping down from the skies to uh, get rid of all those grubs for you. So, yep, it'll certainly get them up to the surface, but that's about all the, uh, the uh, soapy water will do. I uh, won't. Well get rid of them completely then no mate just get them up to the just bring them to the surface for the birds to attack and yeah like i said you you're going to have to have the uh 
you know, like the Luftwaffe, they're uh, ready to uh, ready to go on them. Yeah, so. Okay, mate. So you <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, so look, yeah, you're just going to need uh, you go go down to your local garden centre and uh, just just you know tell them what's happening, and they'll give you some advice uh, to the uh, specific product that you buy. But there's lots of different ones yeah. out there you can use. But they will die off though in winter, won't they? Oh yeah, look, they certainly will. But unfortunately, mate, the damage they do to your lawn, um, you know, in between times is, is quite bad. Uh, you know, it can almost destroy your whole lawn on you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My nephews had it done. Yeah, yeah. Look, and it, can, it just completely wipes it out. Uh, so, look, yeah, really important to uh, to try and uh, get rid of them if you can. Yeah, he's thinking about laying artificial turf. <laughs> yeah, look, they'll sharpen their teeth on that a little bit, but it won't feed them too well. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's spent about, what, $600 on turfing and goodness knows what else. But they still come back. Yeah, look, they come back, and and look, you can have a neighbour, you know, that or someone up the street who uh, isn't looking after their lawn too well, and uh, you know, and and so the the moths and uh, and the eggs are going to multiply there, and then they can just fly over to your place. So it's look, it's important, uh, I guess, being neighbourly uh, to uh, try and get get rid of them as well, uh, you know, from your lawn. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll go down and get some. Fertiliser, like, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, some, some of the insecticide, mate. It's one of the lawn grub insecticides. Right you are. Okay, okay. great, John. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Have a good afternoon. I'm just imagining a whole wave of birds coming on someone's lawn and having an absolute feast. Oh, look, I'm, they're going to dive out of the sun like, you know, Baron von Richthofen <laughs> did, I'm sure, and they'll just come down, they'll come and uh, they'll, they'll feed away and they won't be able to take off after that because their bellies will be so big and fat and they'll, they'll be, their undercarriage will be dragging along the ground as they try and take off. <laughs> We've got Lynn now from Fennel Bay and she's got a question about passion fruit vines. How can we help you with it, Lynn? Hi. Um, I know everybody's asking about passion fruit vines, just about every show that you have. Um, but I'm, I'm a bit of, in a bit of a dilemma with this one. It, it's about four years old. Um, I've never had any... I've, I've had one fruit which... I don't know where it's gone. It disappeared. I was watching it closely, thinking others might come, but it never did. Um, it's quite lush. Some flowers, but I wouldn't say prolific. Mm-hmm. Um, when the passion fruit, it got to about 50 cents size, and then I don't know what happened to it after that. I can't find it. <laughs> it's just gone. Uh, I've noticed, though, that we don't have, I mean, very few bees. I remember when we first moved in here, there were lots and lots of bees. They used to get in the pool, and I used to save them. But now we get very few. So I had a look on the net, and it said you can pollinate with a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. So I went up with a little paintbrush, and I thought, and I, and I watched the video. They showed you how to do it. So I went up, and I thought, right, okay, I'll have a go at this. But not many of the flowers have pollen that I can actually get out onto the brush. Okay. So I was wondering, is it is that some sign of sterility or something like that? Is that a dud plant? <laughs> it's not a grafted passion fruit. Oh no, no, that, that's all right. Um, look, um, look. Firstly, we we we're passionate about passion fruit here so you can call up whenever you want and talk about passion fruit you can call you can call greg in the dead of the night and talk about passion fruit if you'd like he'll be happy to I'd talk love it you'd okay, love it i'm passionate about passion fruit too and i'm a little bit sick of this one look, i'm going to ask a couple of questions what are you actually fertilizing it with um i've got a um a sea soul that i do fairly regularly mm-hmm. and then i've got another um just a um normal general um one that I put on all the garden, so okay. flowers and plants and and just everything. I, I could go and I don't, don't even know what brand it is. I've just picked it up at Bunnings, I think. No, no, that's all right. Now, are you using... Uh, are you, are oh, and you potash use... of sulphate, I did put... 
I've been putting that on this time because, as I said, although the thing's lush yep. and there were some flowers, there weren't a heap of flowers, and you mentioned um, sulphate of potash. Yes. So I've been using that fairly regularly too. But it doesn't... I think it has improved the flowers, but as I said, even when you go to the flowers, there doesn't seem to be any pollen in there to move it around. Yeah, so... And are you using lawn clippings on there? Because uh, if you... No. Can, okay, because you said you've got this really big green lush plant, and, and that's usually an indication that there's a lot of nitrogen in the fertiliser or pre-existing right. in the soil where it's growing. And that's why you're getting that big green plant and maybe not as much uh, flowering material. Now, look, there's not much you can do about that except sort of cutting back on, uh, you know, nitrogen-based fertilisers. And, uh, you know, some of the pelletised ones are poultry manure-based and uh, right. there's a lot of nitrogen in those. Uh, look, the sea soil you're using, uh, look, it's all well and good, but it's really only good for the root system of the plants. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of touted as being this cure-all, but uh, uh, look, it is a very good product. I'm not denying that, but it's not, you know, sort of something that's going to, uh, you know, improve the fruiting of the, of the uh, plant or the, the leaf structure of the plant. It's going to mostly improve the root system of the plant, and that's good in a way because it, it helps the plant along. Uh, look, all you can really keep on doing is using the sulphate of potash. Uh, look, like I usually say, it's it's not just a one or a two off uh, sort of thing. Uh, you have to keep on using it consistently. Um, yeah, I've been doing a, a, a scoop. It comes with, I've got yeah. a scoop in it, and it, I do a scoop about every two weeks. But my yeah. daughter said maybe you're overdoing that, Mum. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, you wouldn't be overdoing that as long as you're doing it according to the directions on the packet. Mm. Uh, but yep. it, look, even it's something that will build up over, you know, nine months and a year in the soil. So it might be that, you know, you keep on using it consistently and the next flowering season, at, you know, sort of towards the end of this year in September and October, you might get a better result at that time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. yeah, just so, cut... And use it through winter? You oh, look, ab well? yeah, absolutely. Keep on using it through winter. Um, right. Look, don't... Uh, if You can get some citrus fertiliser. That would help the plant as well. Okay, because I've been sprinkling that around um, the lemon tree and um, I've got a tangelo. Just, you know, just a little bit of that. So pop that on as well. Yeah, absolutely. And keep on using the sulphate of potash regularly as according to the instructions on the packet yep. that you've got. And uh, hopefully next season you'll get a much better crop coming out. Good. I mean, I remember my grandma having one. I don't think she ever did anything to it. It's just roamed along the fence and produced prolific fruit. And we had one like that when we lived at Cardiff too. But this one... A lot of trouble. Yeah, look, and, and again, the, the, you know, like you said, look, the bees, you know, we do spray lots and lots of stuff around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's not helpful to the bees. So if you can, uh, you know, cut back on doing that as much as possible, uh, you know, it's, it's only going to be helpful for right, the yeah. bees. And then so for, is there for the any pollen. value in that self-pollinating thing with the little brush? Or uh, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, yeah, certainly that's a great way to pollinate. All right. Okay. Okay. I'll wait till next year and keep working. Okay. Good on you, Thank Lynn. you. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. And we've got Pauline from the Garden Suburb, and she's got a question about her orange tree. Pauline from the Garden Suburb bringing up the garden show. How can we help you, Pauline? <laughs> Good afternoon. Look, I've got a lemon, a mandarin and an orange tree all planted reasonably closely together. They all get fed, they all get watered, they all get pruned, they all get the same bugs, they all get the same spray, the whole kit and caboodle. However, the lemon and the mandarin get lots of fruit on and keep it. The orange tree gets lots of fruit and they all fall off. I get maybe one or two oranges that will stay on the tree. So what am I not doing or what am I doing wrongly? 
Uh, look, the only reason a plant will, you know, drop its fruit like that is if it's stressed for some reason. So, for instance, it might be drying out. It might be, you know, where it's planted there, it might not be holding as much moisture. Or, again, that, you know, it's stressed because it hasn't got the right amount of potash and, you know, fertiliser, so its its fruit and buds aren't as strong as the other plants. So they're really the only two reasons, uh, you know, that a plant like that would... Uh, you know, drop its drop its fruit buds. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it could be, you know, look, it, obviously it's not with yours because they're all so close together, but, you know, it might be that it's got, uh, you know, stink bugs on there sucking away and the other two don't, uh, but that's not your situation. It might just be that... <laughs> You know, they all get everything. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's not going to happen with yours. So uh, look, um, it can it can really only be those two two reasons. I, I would strongly suggest that when you see that fruit setting and the bud on there, just make sure that plant is really really well watered. You don't want it stressing at any time. Um, you know, when it's got its uh, fruit bud on there, because that will just cause it to drop as a survival technique. And uh, just can feed that particular plant up uh, with sulfate of potash uh, and use it regularly, like we were talking to uh, to Lynn from Federal yes. Bay about a passion fruit. So just try okay, and b- build that up in the soil and cross your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing we are we are de- you know we are dealing with nature here. It's not definitive, so you know sometimes you just have to you know cross your fingers and hope for the best and pray to the garden right, gods. Then. The garden gods, Thank yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for that, Bye-bye. Pauline. Bye bye. I have to find out who the garden gods are. Surely there's a god of the garden somewhere. I'm sure there is. Uh, wouldn't have been Dionysius, would it? I don't know. No. I don't know who Dionysius is. Honestly, oh, not the god of the garden. Or okay. maybe it is. And we've got Shirley from Salamander Bay, and she's got another question about passion fruit. That's all right, Shirley. You can ask away. How can we help oh, you yes. with your passion fruit? Um, what's wrong with... Oh, hello, Scott. Um, before Christmas, I planted two passion fruit vines, and... I remember hearing one day on the talkback about if the stem goes brown, you might as well get rid of them. Is that correct? Uh, yes, so the stem is like it's going almost soft and brown, is it? Or Yes, it's, t- it's nice and green to start off with and then it turns brown. Okay, and that's right down the base, is it? Uh, let me have a look. Okay. Yeah, no, yes, it is dark brown on the base, but all the branches that are coming off it, they're... All the vine itself is um, brown, two-tone brown. Okay, well, look, that, that sounds like the plant's not real healthy in that case. How how old did you say it was? Did you say... I planted them before Christmas. Oh, okay. One of them just took off really quickly, and the yeah. other one was a lot slower. And they're pretty... They look pretty healthy, but it's just that uh, all the stem parts are green, and then they turn this striped brown. Yeah, that, that sounds a bit unusual. Uh, look... That'd be right. <laughs> Before, can you take a photo of it and even email to, it to us at? Oh. At gardening at 2 com. Gardening at 2 2 yeah. Look at, and okay. before you go and rip it out, um, sort of rip it asunder from, from the earth, let's have a look at it just to make sure that, you know, it actually needs to come out. Okay, will do. Okay, that'd be fantastic. Thank you for that, Shirley. Thank you. Bye-bye. Not a problem. No worries, Shirley. We've got Cole now from Charmhaven. He's got problems with his citrus trees. How can we help you with your citrus, Cole? Yeah, uh, that lady that was on a minute ago. Yes. With a mandarin, lemon, and uh, orange. Ah, yes. Two of them are two of them are cropping, and now depends on what whether she's in a wet area or a sandy, dry area. There's two graft stocks they use: is a common lemon and a trifoliato. Yes. And um, trifoliato is a thorny, wet area um, 
stock and the lemons are dry, sandy area stock. Right, okay. And so if she's got a trifoliado planted in um, a dry, sandy spot, it's not going to survive. Yeah. That, I, now, I thought that most uh, citrus were actually grafted into trifoliata now. Uh, still, there's a lot of the old guys that still do them in, in um, on lemon stock. Right. Okay, yeah, because that's what I was thinking. If, she, if she's just bought all three of them, and, you know, I was thinking they would all be on the same stock in that case. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that's a good tip. So it might be that she just really can't do anything about it. Yeah, no, well, the only thing you can do is just get rid of it and get, a, get another one of the... If she's got the tags that came with the fruit... Yeah, it usually says it on the back, yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll tell her on the back. And if it's a, the, the opposite stock, get another one to replace it in, with the... the um, stock. Yeah, now I've got a feeling she's probably not going to want to do that because it sounded like they were decent-sized trees already. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think she's going to be one of pulling them out. And, uh, and uh, But anyway, well, no doubt she's still listening and uh, she's probably heard your suggestion. Thanks for that, well, Colin. Another way a lot of people, what a lot of people do with it is they expose the roots. They dig around the roots and, um, and pull back about three foot from the roots and just expose the roots because the roots get... Um, uh, the, the bark peels off and that's got a heel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that, Cole. Okay. Appreciate right. it, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Cole. He's guarding talk back on 2NURFM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Ken from Wanji and he's got some weeds in his lawn. Yeah, good afternoon. We take um, you want to get rid of him, Ken. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had advice from a, a nursery and they, I think they called it centipede grass. Right, Okay. And uh, they recommended that I spray it with clean lawn, which mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. So then I made up a mixture of clean lawn and sedgehammer and clover and bindi eye, yep. three times stronger than what it normally is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has it two weeks ago, and it's just powering on. It, it looks like uh, a buffalo, but it's got a longer um, leaf on it than buffalo. Yep, yep. And when you pull it out at the roots, it... To me, it seems as if it's got a root, some, something like the old paspalum root. Okay, it, so there, there is another product you can get out there. It used to be called Antipas, uh, and it still is called, you know, paspalum, nutgrass killer, you know, one of those things. It'll say paspalum on the, on the labelling somewhere. Mm-hmm. It might be worth you giving that one a try and see how you go with it. Yeah, well, it's pretty uh, strong because, as I say, I mixed up three times stronger than what it should have. Yeah, yeah. Look, but it, it may just be that it's not going to get uh, you know hit by those chemicals anyway because um, they do work selectively. So I'd, I'd try that anti-pass. That's all. I'll just keep on calling it anti-pass. I know it's not called that anymore, but uh, it will say, you know, paspalum and nutgrass killer on there and, and give that one a try and see if it knocks it backwards for you. Yeah, well, these ones were recommended what I used was to not to use on buffalo and it looks like a buffalo, but it's... You're not aware of that anywhere? You haven't seen it? Uh, no, look, I, I haven't, mate. Uh, no. Maybe some of your listeners might have it. I don't know. Yeah. It started in the lawn last year only in a small patch, and now it's about a three-metre square. It's really moving. Yeah, and what about physically digging it out? That, that's not working for you? No, it's, it it's sort of doesn't grow really. It, it travels, you know. It's got yeah. long... And I've got a cooch lawn, that's why. Uh. I mean... I could use glyphosate on it and kill everything, but yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. do that. No, no, you certainly don't want to do that. Uh, that that's, that's not the way to go. All right. Well, that's called pass kill, is it? Yeah, anti-pass. So look, it'll just say uh, nutgrass or paspalum killer on there and give it a try and see how you go with it. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for that, Ken. Have a good day. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Cheers, Ken. It's Guarding Talkback on 2 and you are at FM 103.7. If you've got any questions for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. Now, at the top of the show, Scott, you mentioned something about rocks in pots. Yes, I've had a couple of people coming in over the weekend. Okay. And straight away, I went, what's, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Well, you just don't have to do it anymore. Okay. They, they were getting recommended from somewhere. It's Some not exactly old wives tale. No, well they would give the old wives tale was being recommended to them from a place, another place, another right, yep. outlet that we shall not mention. And uh they were this this outlet was recommending that you put still put gravel in the bottom of pots. And look, that's just not necessary anymore. Okay. Yeah, that comes from the old days, you know, where you actually didn't have, you know, formulated potty mixes and you just had to go out to the garden and dig up some soil and stick it into the pot and, and grow the plant in there then. And often it was fairly sandy and it would clog up the holes in the pot and then the plant would die over time because it would just get wet feet. Uh, so look, all the modern potty mixes are, are formulated, uh, you know, that they drain properly. Okay, yeah. And you can get specific potting mixes for, you know, camellias, azaleas, you know, uh, cactus and succulents, you know, propagation mixes. Almost a, a potting mix out there for everything now. And, and they've been formulated so that they drain according to the sort of plants that you're going to put in them. And that the uh, fertiliser and stuff in there as well is formulated to according to the sort of plant you're going to put in them. Uh, so look, completely unnecessary. Uh, if you're getting a decent potty mix, uh, you do not need uh, rocks in the bottom of the pots. You have rocks in your head to put rocks in the bottom of the pots. Right. So yeah. I've got rocks in my head. Well, no, look, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Well, I won't have it. I won't do it anymore. Okay. But no. if I... Does it matter if you do do it, though? Look, it probably doesn't matter if you do do it, but it's yep. just completely unnecessary. There's no need for There's it. There's absolutely no need for it. I suppose it saves, like, smashing up bricks and stuff. and Yeah, or old terracotta, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. digging around for pebbles, you know. It's, yeah, it's just completely unnecessary. Modern potty mixes have, have uh, you know, left that far behind. Oh, very good. Nice yeah. to know. Yeah. So, no more rocks. No more rocks. That could be a slogan. No more rocks. And it makes the uh, pot lighter to pick up as well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Dennis from Belmont North. And he's got a question about beetles on his magnolia. How can we help you with it, Dennis? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, Scott, I've got a, a, a quite a few of them, actually. Beetle on a magnolia, mm-hmm. as well as you know, a pile of other trees I've noticed. Um, it's about a centimetre long. It's about four mil um, diameter on the back section. It's got two sections on it, I think. Back is a carapace, isn't it? Uh, I, yeah, I'm not. Is there a thorax and an abdomen on beetles? I'm looking at Greg here. <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm tapping into his scientific knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it look, it's looking like a dry well at the yeah, moment. I've I'll, got to tell you. I will say I'll turn to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, I think you're the expert on beetles here. How, keep keep oh, going. Uh, far from that. But anyway, it's chewing the leaves. Um, I mean, really chewing them. Yeah. Um, and which eventually they turn yellow, black, and that's not real nice. Okay. Um, what can I um, get rid of them with? Yeah, look, un- unfortunately you are going to have to spray. So is, is little Bertie, um, you know, up high in the trees as well? or? Oh, uh, no, from bottom to the very top. Okay, and, and they're tall uh, magnolias that you lunch have got? or? It's a... Probably four metres high. Oh, okay, so it's quite sizable. Uh, yeah. Look, in in that case, uh, a pro- but I've noticed them on my citrus. Yeah. Um, and oh, you know, just on around the yard generally. Right. Okay. 
Uh, look, a product for you to use in that case is uh, probably Confidor. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, it works as a semi-systemic spray as well, so it would be absorbed in through the sap stream of the plant on the leaves, uh, through the leaves once you spray it. Uh, there are other chemicals you can get which are, uh, you know, only contact sprays such as carbaryl. Uh, so you actually have to contact the, the beetle. So that's why I was asking how tall the plants are. So it becomes you know, a little bit difficult to get up four metres tall unless you've got a special drone or something like that that can uh, sort of circle around there. And that's probably the next big thing that Greg and I have just come up with then. Um, but uh, drone spraying things. That's a great no idea. No doubt it's going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be there. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm close to Reddy Beach. Maybe I can get them to come across. Yeah, that's right. I'm on my way to Dick Smith on the way home to get one and uh, aerosol can hanging down below and we'll be, we'll be off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, I think if you use Confidor, you're going, it should uh, get rid of most insects in the garden for you uh, and it will be absorbed in through the sap stream of the plant. So you can get rid of that way. Uh, look, the, the other thing to do is you can actually get Confidor tablets and we were just talking to a lady oh, before yep. about, about um, you know trying to keep uh, you know the good insects um, away from harm so if you're using confidor tablets that's uh, you know you're not going to be willy-nilly spraying around and perhaps hurting the bees so you can and because they are large trees you can just put those uh, confidor tablets in around and as you water they will be absorbed up through the uh, the root system of the plant and uh, the beetles will uh, die as they eat the leaves i have got them okay. i have got both of those so um so Dig around it and put yeah. them down. Yeah, well, you, you don't even have to dig around. You actually just sort of push them down into the soil with your thumb and uh, oh. start watering. Yeah, and then they'll be broken down and absorbed into the uh, sap stream of the plant. Uh, I'll get straight onto it. Yeah, it might be the way to go for you, especially when you've got those bigger trees. Yeah, okay. Okay. Thanks very much. Good on you, Dennis. Good luck with it, mate. See you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm liking this idea about drones and spraying. Oh, yeah. Look, I just rather than having like a you know crop duster you know, in your backyard, that's not going to work too well. Oh, yeah, well, no. <laughs> well, could you do it with, like, model planes? I guess so, but, you know, drones are so much more clever than than old radio-controlled planes. No, but I reckon a model plane would be funner, though. No, oh, I guess so, yeah, yeah, like a little... You'd be ducking around on, like, an old biplane or something <laughs> and having the cans, like, sprayed on the side. Or we could especially train birds to come and do it. Again, that's another good idea. That's another good idea. Surely birds can do that. Look, we need to patent all the good ideas we have here <laughs> on Monday afternoons. So we'd be rich men if we bothered to write them down. Exactly right. We'll have to start writing them down. And actually do something about them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't see it happening, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Sharp, you've got a couple of plants there for us? Yes, I thought I'd talk about maidenhair creeper. It's a really fantastic small-leafed creeper uh, that will cover up, you know, walls, fences, anything a little bit unsightly that you want to get rid of uh, in the garden. Uh, it will grow in part shade and full sun. In fact, I've seen it growing in quite a lot of shade in different places. So they're natives to New Zealand. Oh, just yeah. our neighbours? Yes, our neighbours. So obviously, you know, one has grown across the ditch and got here with us. Or, so know, it's the, the Russell Crow. Yeah, the Russell Crow. We, we gave him back the possum so good on you fellas <laughs> but we've got the uh, maidenhair creeper from them and, and thank you New Zealand uh, look it really does work very well if you just want a nice plain green uh, creeper look it does have tiny little leaves like a maidenhair so uh, yeah a really nice little uh, plant if you need to cover up something unsightly in your garden it sort of doesn't go crazy and hard and woody so uh, you know like wisteria or a bougainvillea can yep. do uh, it stays nice and soft and it's very prunable uh, the other uh, climber that uh, you can use if you've got, uh, you know, on a tropical look is Mandevilla. There's some really beautiful doubles out there. The one I've got here is called Little Beauty. It's a double hot pink. 
Oh, yes. It's very hot pink. Very hot pink, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, mandevillas, uh, they'll take, uh, look, I guess they're probably best if they're out of the afternoon sun, uh, but uh, they'll grow out of a pot as well if you want or in the garden. Uh, look really, really beautiful. Big green glossy leaves and that fantastic hot pink double ruffled flower. So, another good climber. Probably not as, uh, you know, virulent as maidenhair creeper, um, but will give a very nice show in your garden. Very good. Scott Sharp, I think we're almost out of time, but we were talking a little bit earlier. I think one of our callers were fingers crossed for all praying to the garden gods. Yes, and we did find out about the garden god. Exactly. It's a Greek? Well, I found out about a Roman garden god. Oh, right. Yes, his name's Priapus. Priapus. Yes, he's the god of fertility, vegetables, nature, livestock, fruit, beekeeping, masculinity, gardens, and the dangly bits on blokes as well oh, yeah wow so he's got like a finger in a lot of pies he's got a finger in a lot of pies so i guess if he's the the god of fertility he's going to look after all of those things and good on him he's our new patron saint here on gardening so what was his name again priapus priapus so if you're having garden issues you need to pray to the garden god priapus, is priapus the guy. yep and he'll come down from wherever he is and um shower you with his um <laughs> His uh, fertility stuff. Oh, great. Yes. Very good. We've got Helen from Stockton, and she needs advice on getting rid of spiders on a staghorn. How Are they big spiders, Helen? No, they're not big spiders, but like they're very big plants. But we've got heaps of staghorns, but yep. we've got two that are a little bit more open, and they're just covered in spider webs. And Yes? You can't see a spider. There's just Obviously, there is spiders, but the, web, the spider webs are curling up the uh, leaves and the leaves are turning brown. I don't know whether that's because of them not being able to grow properly. We, 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 when, you, when you sort of were silent there, if you'd let out a little scream, Greg and I would have thought one of the spiders was dragging <laughs> you back. It sounds like a rusty gate. No, it'll be opened. my little brown snake that we found in our yard last week. We're very paranoid about that at the moment, oh, but dear. yes. There's a, whole, there's a whole lot of animals over there at Stockton. House of Horrors. <laughs> no, I'm standing next to the bird, Avery. Ah, okay. Look, there are ways you can get rid of spiders. Uh, there actually are spider uh, insecticides you can get that are safe to spray on plants. Yep. Uh, the only thing I would say about uh, staghorns is they can be a, a little bit of a touchy plant in ways. So I'd probably just mix it up at, at a half strength and give it a spray around. Okay. And look, they're, they're uh, um, permethrin-based um, sprays. And usually they just say, ant spider and cockroach spray on there okay and they will get rid of this i'd mix it up at half strength and just spray it all over and uh you know probably do it again in a couple of days time okay and see if you can get rid of the little arachnids off your uh, staghorn okay thank you so much that's not a problem okay thank Bye -bye. you very much good luck with it helen thank you bye scott bye. i probably shouldn't have said that that a birdcage sounds like a rusty gate yeah, it did sound a bit like that. We've actually been feeding a spider at work. Oh. Yeah. Have you named him? Well, we haven't, but he's absolutely, or she, we're not really sure. Charlotte. Charlotte. We haven't gone and, and uh, you know, checked the spider. <laughs> um, but the spider is very big, and spider likes grasshoppers when we find them. Oh, okay. That's my, I'd rather than cut the head off the grasshopper at the moment, yeah. I'm feeding it to the spider. I think my neighbour keeps his spiders around because he helps to get rid of other spiders. Oh, yeah, look, it's, well, how does they, it? No, it was redbacks to get rid of the funnel webs. Right, okay. I can not see the benefit in that. They both hurt when they yes. sting. Yes, well, they don't tickle. Yeah, they don't. But I think the funnel web might kill rather than just hurt. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look, we've, we've been feeding our spider. If you've got spiders, feed them grasshoppers. They absolutely love them. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Scotch up. Sorry to say, but we are 
the clock is ticking. Okay, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll do. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>